0: Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk Talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams.
1: Hey, friends. Welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I want to just start today's episode by telling you thank you so much for all of your reviews and kind words that you shared about episode one. If you missed episode one, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the who, why, and what of this podcast And then with that said, if you have not left a review yet on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it so that other people just like you are able to find this podcast. Now, I want to go ahead and just jump right into today's episode. We're going to be chatting about body image. You should get very excited about this episode. I get to interview Heather Creekmore And I'm excited for you to meet Heather. But before we jump into that, I want to just tell you I actually speak on this topic of body image quite a bit. And I've learned that I've seen two things that tend to rise up in people when we start talking about body image there is either shame or pride. And I just want to encourage you to be aware of those two things rising up in you as you listen to today's episode. Today's episode is full of so much yummy goodness and freedom. So just lean into it and don't let the enemy steal what God wants to do in your heart today by letting shame or pride rise up in you, okay? So let's go ahead and just jump right in to my conversation with Heather Creekmore.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I am beyond excited to introduce you to our guest today, Heather Creekmore. Hey, Heather. Hey, it's great to be here. It is so good to have you on here. I just have to tell everyone that we had some major technical difficulties
1: <laughs> getting here. Yes, Heather we did.
0: <laughs> so anytime there's like a lot of opposition when I go to do something, I know it's just the enemy not wanting our voices to be heard. So yep. I am extremely anticipa- uh, anticipating just an awesome spirit-filled freedom session here today.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen.
0: All right. So with no further ado, Heather, why don't you go and just tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Well,
2: um, you know, my story started out pretty much the same as I think a lot of girls who were raised in church. I was kind of the the Christian good girl, and God just has taken me on an incredible journey uh, for the last, oh, I would say, decade where um, things that I thought I had all tied up in the God and Jesus area, if you will, he's revealed to me some just different things that were really standing in my way of finding freedom in him. And I am, I'm an author now. <laughs> I'm a blogger. It kind of feels funny to say author. <laughs> I, I stumble around that one a little bit. Um, But my husband's a pastor. We planted a church outside of Dallas about seven years ago, but he was a fighter pilot first. So we kind of both have had an interesting journey over the last uh, 12 years that we've been together. I'm a blogger, author, speaker, and I'm also the mom of four kids between the ages of 6 and 11 and I'm a homeschooling mama, which is another thing I never thought I would do. My background, Rachel, is in politics, actually. I uh, worked in the crazy world of politics. I hope you still like me mm-hmm. <laughs> for for quite a while. And then I went into nonprofit marketing and fundraising. And then somehow God's journey just uh, took me to the pastor's wife, blogger, author route. and um, And it's been fun.
0: I love that. Okay. So you hit on something we're going to circle back around to later, the author thing,
2: because
0: we're here to talk about body image, but I, I do want to talk to you about what you just said there. So don't worry if you're listening and you're like, I want her to share more. We'll get back to it. Okay. So I want to know, when did you become interested in diving deeper into this area of body image? It's a huge thing to tackle.
2: It, it is, and I tell you honestly, it's something I never thought I would be talking about publicly. Body image for me was a struggle that started in elementary school, and um, through middle school, high school, even into college, I probably had an eating disorder, but I didn't neatly fall into that category of anorexia or bulimia, and back in the early 90s when I was in college, there wasn't really another category for eating disorders, So I really just believed that I was normal and that my struggles with my body image and my struggles with food, that they were all just the things that every normal girl experienced. And it wasn't until, like I said earlier, about 10 years ago, that God started taking me on a journey to figure out that that wasn't necessarily the case. And I felt like right it was right before I turned 40. The year I was turning 40, I felt like God said, start writing. And so I sat down and I started writing a book on marriage because I thought marriage, that would be a fun topic. And I thought I had funny marriage stories. (laughs) and So I was totally comfortable writing about marriage. But I had kind of by accident done a little speaking on body image. I was a fitness instructor for about 12 years. And, and that's actually part of my body image story. I, I somehow believed that if I could just attain fitness instructor status. status then I would no longer struggle with my body image. So because I was a fitness instructor, a uh, church that we were attending had asked me to talk about staying healthy and you know the proper way to care for your temple. And when I did that, that kind of opened up a can of worms for me on the body image uh, topic. And I started speaking on body image. And then when it came to writing my book, I was like, no, I'm not going to write about body image. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That stuff's embarrassing. Like mm-hmm. no one wants to know the thoughts that have been in my head concerning my body. But God, Said otherwise, and I just couldn't make a marriage book work. Um, And my husband was like, You need to write about body image, so I changed course, and sure enough, the words came pretty quickly. And I shared a lot of my heart and soul on those pages, even the embarrassing stuff, I'm afraid. But I really feel like God blessed just my willingness to be honest and authentic about my struggle. And I've heard from so many women that have been touched because they're reading words that they've thought themselves or said to themselves or believed themselves. So I I just, it's exciting for me to see. I know you're in this blogging world too. And it's, it's just so fun when God allows us to share a story and then we hear back from people
0: People, like, that's my story too. Or, you know, wow.
2: I didn't know anyone else ever thought that way or felt that way. So,
0: so that's, that's been a fun thing. That's so awesome. Yeah. I feel like I can relate to you in so many ways because I also am a fitness instructor. And that's I, right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and I feel like that so many people look at people in the fitness industry and think, man, they must just have it all together. And, you know, yeah. they finally have found their peace and they found their happiness. But the truth is, when you're approaching it from a worldly perspective, there really is no such thing as peace in this area. That's true. (laughs) So that's so good. Uh, And I love what you just shared about that, how it can sometimes feel almost embarrassing to admit how we feel in this area. Which is why I just love your heart behind this, because I feel like you're doing exactly what I feel like the heart for this podcast is, is bringing topics into the light that we feel like I'm the only one who struggles with this. I'm the only one who has problems in this area. And it's just not the truth.
2: Absolutely not. Well, you know, it's
0: it's funny, Rachel. I, you know,
2: what do women do when they get together and talk about body image? We play a game, right? It's the who's uglier game, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. It's like, you know, oh, I feel fat today. And what is, what does the friend say? The friend says, oh no, you look good. I'm fatter. Or, you know, and you've probably seen it in fitness classes too. I mean, two women come in together and they look at themselves in the mirror and they, you know, make a disparaging comment about themselves. And the other one's like, you know, no, look at my whatever part of my body that I think is unsightly and it's just not helpful and as Christian women we can do so much better we have answers for each other on this issue yeah. <laughs> you know we just we have to be willing to go deeper than that Ugh, this is something I'm always going to have to struggle with and you're always going to have to struggle with and we're all stuck here please yeah. we need to go beyond that yeah
0: so I have read your book, and I loved it, by the way. Oh, um, thank you. I wanted to just to hit on what you're talking about right now. I love how you shared, and I'm hoping you can elaborate on this a little bit here today. I love how you shared that the church has tried to give us answers like, you're beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, all the things which make you feel nice, but it's not the root of the issue. And I wanted to see if you are able to talk about that elephant in the room that you talked about in your book.
2: Sure. Sure, I'd be happy to. So part of my
0: story, uh,
2: like I mentioned earlier, is I grew up in church. So I knew the God and Jesus answer when it comes to body image. What is it? It's I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My body is a temple. Or some people go so far as to preach God made every woman beautiful. And they don't necessarily mean beautiful on the inside, even though Scripture tells us in Samuel that, you know, God looks at the inside. But but we kind of take that one step too far, I think, in a church context to make everyone feel warm and fuzzy. We, <laughs> we, we mean that like we all are physically pretty and you know when I first started digging into the Rachel and Leah story I started to have a gripe with my like fourth grade Sunday school teacher who told me every woman was beautiful, right? Because it's like, you never hear anyone talk about Leah, right? Mm -hmm. God made Leah and God had an awesome purpose for Leah's life. She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ, but God did not make her physically beautiful. In fact, scripture uses the word, but to compare Rachel and Leah. So we know that we're supposed to get a clear picture that they were different in the area of physical beauty. So all of these answers, there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, it is what's on the inside that counts. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God did make us all beautifully unique, and we all have beautiful souls and spirits, and we all have a beautiful ability to live for His purpose. But did He make us all physically pretty? I don't think so, and that's hard for us to swallow for one reason, and that's the elephant in the room. I think the reason is our culture has made beauty an idol, and we as Christians do the same thing. We believe that having a better body will save us. Now, I know that's kind of crazy language to use because I don't think anyone stops and thinks, you know what, I don't really need Jesus, I know I just need a better body. Like, I never thought that way. But the truth is, if you had pinned me down during those years of when I was really struggling with my body image, like I would have said that I needed a better body so I would feel more loved, more peace. More freedom, all those things that really should be derived from Christ alone. But instead, I thought, you know what, if I could just lose 10, 15, 20 more pounds, if I could just get down another size, if I could just look a little different, get my hair better, you know, get better clothes get my makeup right, get my skin clear, like all those things that we just obsess over. I just believed that if I could get all of that straight, then everything else in my heart would feel better. And it wasn't the truth. I was looking to body image and beauty really to save me and believing really what it is, like the lies that our culture puts out, right? Like I was, I was watching television this morning and I saw Nicole Kidman in like a makeup commercial. I wish I could remember the tagline, but it was something like, you know, Be free or something like that. And I was like, no, great foundation is not going to make me free. (laughs) You know, but that's, but those are the messages that are pounded into our brains over and over and over again. And I think sometimes. The church, though well intentioned, I love Jesus' church, love it. But though well-intentioned, we miss we miss pointing out the sin. It's not fun to point out sin, right? Yeah. It's not fun to say, hey, guess what, guys? You're all idolaters. I mean, I was raised in the church. I thought idolatry was the one sin you would never ever accuse me of. Because when we went in Chinese restaurants, we turned the other way. We didn't even look at Buddha, okay? So I thought, mm-hmm. totally no idol struggles here. That had never been in Christian circles where modern day idolatry was explored, and where really the sin of looking to something else to save me had had been pointed out that that was all new to me, and boy Rachel once. That came to light in my life. Wow, was God able to do a work? And I think that's because there's no cure for normal girl issues, right? If it's just something that every woman struggles with, then you have to carry it around with you for the rest of your life. You don't have an option. You don't have a way to get out of it, right? But if you can call it sin, as uncomfortable as that may be at first, there's a cure for our sins, right? First John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Like you can be free <laughs> if you can identify the sin in it. And so it, it's, it's bad news, but then really, really good news at the same time.
0: I love that. Yeah, and actually that brings us right into the next thing I was going to ask you is, I feel like the Lord has definitely been showing me over the last few years that I have made an idol out of beauty and fitness and all the things that you can see. Mm-hmm, sure. But then what are, what are the practical tips? And I feel like you've already started to answer this, but what are the practical tips for women, but not only women? I mean, I have two daughters I'm raising, and I'm already mm-hmm. seeing them. They're nine and 11, and I already <laughs> see them struggling with, you see the beautiful magazines, you see all the things the world is telling us as women that we should look like, but then over here, God is also beckoning us to not make an idol out of that. So what yeah. are just practical tips that we can do to safeguard our hearts from doing just that, making it an yeah. idol? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, first of all, I would say watch your media. Be careful with it. I mean, it's never popular when I say this, but I believe shows like The Bachelor are not helping our girls. <laughs> right? Like Amen. it's uh, I think I think it's hurtful. You know, be careful what magazines you're allowing into your house. Be careful what, what they're allowed to consume. I know my kids, so we've been on vacation and my kids have been watching dog with a blog, which, which is actually even on Disney Channel anymore. But I know that just there's subtle messages that come even through, you know, Stations. Well, I don't know. It's probably arguable as to whether or not Disney Channel is innocent. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's subtle messages that are coming through that our girls are getting, and I think as much as we can limiting that. But but I say more so for for us, for us, girl moms, because I have a daughter too. Um, you know, if our daughters see us derive our confidence from Christ, that's going to make a louder statement than anything we could ever tell them right and so like what I like to tell girl moms especially is work on your stuff first
1: mm-hmm.
0: figure it
2: out for you first because no matter what we pound into their brains I mean I have a lot of mom friends that are like I never say that I'm on a diet to my daughter or I never call myself fat around my daughter I only do that around my husband or you know they or they post their calorie counts and workout of the day online but they, oh I never say anything bad to my daughter I always just tell her how beautiful she is and that she's perfect perfect Perfect. It's just mommy that has stuff to work on. It's like, no, 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 no. That's sending mixed messages. Like you either derive your value from Christ or you don't. There's not a halfway point, right? And our daughters are smart. They hear so much more of what we're not saying than what we're saying. Yeah, so practically, you know, I think actually on Facebook, when you threw it out there, if anyone had any questions, um, someone had asked the question about, like, balancing, right? I Mm -hmm. think, and this is the biggest question that I get. Like, how do I take care of my temple, if you will? How do I, you know, be healthy and be wise and take care of this body that God has given me without slipping over into body image idolatry? And I think the most practical thing I can tell your listeners, Rachel, is just to look at where your treasure is, right? It's, it's Matthew 5, I think, I'm blanking out a little bit right now, but I think it's Matthew 5, the treasure principle. Yeah, it is. And in the context, you know, Jesus is talking about money, but I think we can easily apply it to our lives and look at how much money and time we spend on beauty and body. If you're not afraid to spend $1,000 on a purse and, you know, you don't miss your time at the gym ever and, you know, getting your nails done every week is more important to you than going to your small group at church, then you may have a misplaced treasure issue. I just encourage people to just, just examine your heart and look at where your treasure is. Um, sometimes you can go so far as to, you know, look at your bank statements or look, look at your calendar and see, does your time with God make a calendar or just your, you know, spin class? So the treasure principle, I think is just a, a great, a great way to, to, you know, figure out whether or not
0: whether or not you've crossed that line. That's so good. I love what you just said. You either derive your value from Christ or you don't. Yeah. That is so good. God really actually recently convicted me of that because I've been very diligent to not, again, say anything to my girls, you know, about being fat, me or them or anything. But the Lord just a few weeks ago was like, but what are you thinking about it? Yeah. If so, that it, our body and our mind are so funny and that it's yeah. gonna it's gonna show up and they're gonna catch on. So it's so Absolutely good. It's a great reminder. Well, do you have any what would you say? This is another question I got, and you've you've already briefly touched on this, but we'll just see if you have anything more to say about somebody who is currently just walking through the pits of body image. So I recently did, I'm in grad school right now, and I'm actually doing a lot of my research on body image. And I've been doing cool. some, yeah, I've been doing some surveys and I've gotten some crazy answers. One of the questions I asked was, does your body image affect you pursuing your God-given dreams? One hundred percent was yes, and unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of them, you know, elaborated on absolutely yes, and some of them put why it did. That's where I get real angry, and it's a righteous mm-hmm. anger,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: about this topic. Is it's one thing to just yeah maybe feel bad about yourself. It's a whole other thing whenever Satan is literally using this area to keep us back from our God given dreams. Absolutely, and that yeah. that makes me want to fight for it.
2: Yep, <laughs> that's Absolutely. the thing
0: that wakes me up in the morning. That's what makes me do this podcast stuff and connect to other people like you who are also fighting for it. So, what can we do to help these ladies, myself included, who sometimes? The things that we're mixed up with in our body and in our mind are holding us back. Do you have anything to say on that?
2: Well, I tell you, the first thing I'm going to say might sound a little corny, but it helped me a great deal. As soon as I was able to realize that God's purpose for my life was not for me to be a Victoria's Secret model. Not that I ever aspired to that, but, you know, secretly, who wouldn't want to look like that, right? Um, but but as, yeah. soon mm-hmm. as, I, as soon as I realized that, that God didn't give me the legs of a model because that's not what he had me to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> I found some more freedom. And, I mean, I, you know, I know that sounds a little hokey, but here's the thing. So I'll, I'll tell my airport story. My husband and I were going to a pastor's conference in Miami. This was a few years ago. And I was just kind of thinking about working through, this was putting my final touches on my book, thinking about comparison. And I noticed that when you're sitting in an airport in front of your gate, like people in an airport walk through it as if they're on a mission. Yeah, maybe they're looking around just a little bit to like make sure they don't pass their gate or looking for the certain gate number. But people walk through an airport on a mission. They have a purpose. They need to get to a specific gate. How do they know what gate they need to get to? Well, they also have a boarding pass, right? And how ridiculous would it be if my boarding pass said Miami, but I decided, you know what, Maui totally beats Miami. Forget what my boarding pass says. I am just going to go sit in front of that Maui gate and see if they'll let me on the plane. I mean, obviously they're not going to let me on the plane, right? But how ridiculous would that be? It's just, it's a silly scenario. Wouldn't happen. What if Rachel, what if we looked at life as if God has written on each of our boarding passes, a unique and specific purpose for our lives and we could walk through the airport of life, if you will, headed directly for our destination without looking around and saying, you know what? I wish I had her body. Then I would do this. Oh, I wish I could go there. Then again, I mean, we, we spend so much time comparing ourselves to one another. We miss being laser beam focused on what God has given us to do. And i I've fully 100% believe that God has physically endowed every single woman with what she needs to accomplish his purpose for her life. God didn't give me the legs or the body of a Victoria's Secret model because God didn't have modeling in mind for my life. Mm -hmm. But did God give me fast fingers to type and write blog posts and books? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, so... Oh, even though my fingers aren't necessarily an attractive feature, <laughs> they work well for what God wanted them to work for. It makes me sad, too, to see so many women missing out on their purpose because they think they need to look like her or her or her or her or her, or her in order to accomplish it. And that's just absolutely a lie of the enemy.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. I will never forget that story. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, That feels so good. I love that. Okay, so we talked about the elephant in the room, about just let's just pretend that somebody listening to this today to even think about body image being an idol. That's the first time they've heard or thought that. Mm -hmm. And I imagine there will be some people who are going to just kind of have the scales removed. So what would you say after our first step of realizing it's an idol and repenting for it? What comes after that step?
2: You know, I think after that step is just a new daily awareness if you will, uh, oh, in some ways, a waking up and bearing your cross daily, a waking up and surrendering every morning that, you know, okay, God, I know that my natural tendency is to think about, you know, just for example, this is the way I used to live, wake up every morning. What should I not eat today? You know, what can I do to burn more calories today? Or, you know, I've got this event coming up and I know I'm going to eat lots of cake or something and so what can I do to you know to counter that I mean my my brain Rachel used to be just like a running machine of you know calorie counts and (laughs) all of that stuff just obsessing over obsessing over what I look like and what I could do to change that and I think that doesn't just instantly fall away for most women when you you say that prayer you confess the idolatry and you repent for some it might but for most it won't for most it's going Going to be a, a daily wake up and, and renew your commitment to the Father. Like, you know, hey, God, help me today. And and also spending time in His Word. I mean, I know so many women that think that they're relying on the Father to help them every day, but they don't read their Bibles mm-hmm. <laughs> or they don't pray. And, you know, we can't just assume that things are going to change unless we're willing to dig in and, and do the hard work really of discovering how much He loves us. Because, you know, you can't, they say whenever you take something out of your life, you got to add something back in <laughs> that face, that space gets filled you know, you can't just like you know remove one whole section and just like leave it empty so fill that space with positive messages Fill that fill that space with the word of god i think once you've identified the idolatry then dig into what god says about you dig in to to the truth of god's word and find your identity in him in that way but yeah i, I would say that's that's the next step just just continuing to cultivate a a new a new view of the issue and a new view of your daily walk with him
0: that's so good do you have any verses or anything that you personally love in that area
2: you know what I, I don't mean this to sound hokey and other people may have found this experience as well but once God took the scales off my eyes in terms of idolatry like the whole bible just became new to me like I so I was raised in Christian schools. I mean, I had a lot of Bible verses memorized. I went to Christian school all the way through graduate school. Okay. I had a lot of verses memorized and I thought I knew the Bible, but, but rereading them after God exposed my idolatry just, just changed everything. Like I enjoy reading the word of God now. Yeah, Like I see new things every single day and he reveals to me other areas of my life where there's idolatry <laughs> issues as well. I don't know. I'm not really a big like, life-first kind of girl. Um, yeah. I'm more of a, like, comprehensive, you know, hey, just just dig in and do the work every day. Uh, it's kind of more my, my style. I love that.
0: All right. So, I told you we, I was going to circle back around to that when you said you stumbled, Why well, you stumble over being an author. Let's hear more yeah. about that because I can relate. I am in the process yeah. of writing a book and the thought of calling myself an author is, like, freaking me out, so I want to hear more about that.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's just a funny thing, you know, so this is another one of those areas of my life where God has revealed to me idolatry, mm. because, Even though I had gone to the conferences and heard all the other authors say, don't expect writing a book to change your life. Don't expect becoming a published author to, you know, make your life any different in any way other than you now have a book. Somehow, I didn't believe them. (laughs) Somehow, I still thought I would feel different once I had that first book out. And, And I didn't. And God just showed me once again, hey, nope. I can't look to that for satisfaction either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, now we worked on body image. Now we're working on your success publishing idol. <laughs> so I, I don't know what's next, Rachel, <laughs> Yeah. but we're, we're knocking them out one at a time. I think
0: <laughs> Yeah, that is so true. I, I, I feel the exact same way. I'm like, woohoo! I, I have my eyes open to the the body image idol. And then I just, a new, in comes a new idol. And so yeah. it's so yeah. interesting oh. though. It really gets in alignment with the word. And when you look at the Old Testament, those blasted idols.
2: So here's a little funny analogy that I used in a blog post a year or so ago. I used to think that it was absolutely ridiculous that Moses led those people out of Egypt, right? They crossed the Red Sea like, whoa, God is amazing. And then they worship calves. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how many times have I worshiped calves. (laughs) Calves. <laughs> How many times, like literally, I remember I had this Tony Little um, exercise video when I was in like middle school and high school, and he talked about getting the perfect heart shaped calf, which to that point I didn't know there was a perfect shape for calves. But once he added that piece of information to my life, like it stuck with me for. 30 years or so but but how many times do we worship body parts oh, wow. <laughs> you know like oh I just have to have her butt but I thought oh those Israelites they're just ridiculous for worshiping calves but here here in 2018 I think we do a lot of calf worshiping yes. and <laughs> butt worshiping and ab worshiping and tricep worshiping you, you name your part
0: uh, so true I love that I will also not forget that image thank you <laughs> I love that Okay, so I could probably talk to you for days about this topic, but we are going to wrap up. But I wanted to finish by asking you just, are there any fun facts about you that somebody may not
2: know? (laughs) You mean other than the fact that I was on a reality show?
0: (laughs) No, let's talk about that Um, one. Okay, you want that one then?
2: I want that one. I am just, I recorded last summer a uh, baking show for Netflix. It's called Nailed It. Let me tell you, that was a just, that was God, the good father, recognizing a desire in my heart and just blessing me. And if you watch the show, it is funny. It is. Oh, it's silly. I mean, I'm ridiculous. I can't bake. Okay. But, but the truth is I've always loved cooking shows. I've always loved television stuff. I, I went to college thinking I was going to go into the industry and kind of changing course my senior year. So I, I've just, I've always watch like the Pillsbury bake off results and like my mom's good housekeeping magazine and stuff like that. And just I always thought baking stuff was just really cool, but I am lousy at it. Uh, I'm not a perfectionist. I don't like to measure. And so I'm just really a bad baker. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so last year, when they um, found me through my um, through my website through Compared to Who, and asked me if I would audition, I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And then um, it recorded last summer, and then the show was just released in March, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a good good way to uh laugh and what the word tells us that laughter does good like a medicine (laughs) and um, it's good medicine let me tell you there's some funny stuff on there but yeah it was a
0: lot of fun and and
2: a true blessing to participate in
0: yeah I have to confess I got on there to watch the first one and my kids were with me and we watched all six episodes (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah so did we
2: (laughs) so did we (laughs) Um,
0: and it made me feel a little better because if you were to go to my Instagram you would see all of my Pinterest fails so oh yeah yeah. (laughs) Well, they made a meme of my cake now. I saw it circulating on Pinterest yesterday. So I know I've
2: arrived. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you are famous. Uh, Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so fun. I love it. Awesome. Okay, so as we wrap up, I want you to just tell everybody, how can they find you? Where can they connect with you?
2: Well, you can connect with me through my website. It's compared to who dot me. And on there, I have a body image awareness quiz. So you can get on there and you get your results right away. And it just kind of, if you're not really sure where you are with your struggle, you can get on there and, um, and it'll just kind of give you a good assessment of, of where you're at. And I think the questions will provoke some thoughts, um, for a lot of women. So it's, it's a, it's a good resource. And then I'm on Instagram as compared to who I'm on Twitter compared to who, and then Facebook uh, also at Compared to Who. So I would love to connect. I love connecting with, with folks, especially women who have uh, dealt with this issue. Awesome.
0: Yes. And if you don't have her book, Compared to Who, you need to get it. It's very good read. Very easy read, too, because you're funny, Heather. I don't know if you know that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but we are going to be giving away a, copy, a signed copy of that. So just Stay tuned. If you follow my blog, it's just rachelgilbert.com. I will have a post on there and ways you can enter to win that book. And Heather, I'm going to actually put you on the spot and ask you, as we're talking, I just felt the Lord bring this to my heart and ask you if you would just close this out today in praying over women in this area. Absolutely. Image. Sure. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank
2: you so much for every woman who is listening to this podcast, God. I thank you for Rachel and for heart, for women, for her um, just desire and passion to share your love with women and to help see their lives transformed, God. And I just want to pray over every woman who's listening, God, that you would show her the root of this issue in her life, God. It might not be idolatry for everyone, God, but if it is, God, I just pray that as a good father, you would gently touch. Hug on hearts. Show women who have had this beauty and body image, idol, prominent in their lives for so, so long. Show them how to topple it, God, and show them their next steps for freedom, God. I pray that you would fill each of these women with your love, that they would know how secure they can rest in your love. And that changing sizes or changing their weight or changing anything about themselves will not ever impact the amount of love that you have for them. God, I pray peace, freedom, hope, and joy, great joy in knowing that you have a purpose um, in their life. God, I pray all of that for these women. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for taking your time today and chatting with us. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Well, that concludes today's episode of Real Talk with Rachel. Didn't you just absolutely love Heather? I know her message has me thinking for days and just coming to the Lord with this topic. So I just want to remind you also, Heather is giving away a signed copy of her book. Please make sure you check out my blog post or if you follow me on Instagram, just at Rachel J. Gilbert, you can see how to enter to win that book. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great day.